Lord. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Inspired by the Word Global Times of Devotion. Right now, we're going to be praying for the next few minutes, and I would like to read the scripture to us. First Timothy. First Timothy 2 from verse 1 says, I exhort therefore that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Right now, we're going to be praying for all our leaders, for all our leaders in authority, every level of leadership. We read um, in Rhapsody how that the leaders are being controlled by spirits, it's either by the Spirit of God, the angels, the Holy Spirit, or by demon spirits. So we're going to be praying for our leaders right now. That this one's the function in wisdom. This one, the function in truth. This one, they come to the knowledge of the truth of God's word. This one, salvation has located them. And this one, they lead. They lead by the spirit of God. Hallelujah. Kindly unmute your mics right now and let us begin to pray. They lead by the spirit of God. They lead by Thank you. 
Ela 
Oh, glory to God. Lord, we thank you for our leaders, oh God. Leaders of every kedda. Every level. From the highest to the least. Yes, we thank you for their lives, oh God. In the name of the Lord Jesus, oh God. Lord, 
God, we thank you. Our leaders, oh God, they are inspired by the spirit of God. Hallelujah. They are led by the spirit of God in the name of the Lord Jesus. Their influences, oh God, are from the spirit of God. These ones are far removed from evil. They are far removed from negative influences of this world. They are far removed, oh God. From the influences of demons, oh God, in the name of the Lord Jesus. Yes, they are only inspired by God, inspired by the truth of God's word. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Yes, because you said, oh God, that you will give us leaders after your heart, oh God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Yes, they are far removed from evil. They are far removed, oh God. From the errors that ruins men's lives, hallelujah. They are far removed, oh God, from the errors that bring poverty, oh God, and damnation to a nation. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, precious Father. Thank you, dear Lord, for you are faithful, hallelujah. And we thank you, oh God. Yes, because our leaders are God. Our leaders function by your spirit, oh God. Even now and always, oh God. The continents of the world and nations of the world, hallelujah. Thank you, precious Father. For in Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Inspired by the Word Global Times of Devotion with the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you so much, everyone, for connecting at this time. Thank you, esteemed Sister Amaka, for the opportunity to lead this segment of prayer. I'm very grateful. Right now, over to you, Ma, for the Rhapsody of Realities segment. Thank you, everyone. Thank you so much, Pastor Deborah. Thank you so, so much. There's a song I want us to take. Do we have choir members in the house? <laughs> Oh, thank you, Jesus. Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. Our lives belong to you. Worthy of the glory. To you are Alive, 
give you all praise, all honor, all adoration. You are God all by yourself. You are God all by yourself. The threats don't count. The threats don't count. Don't take them to heart. They don't count. God is God all by himself. And he will stand with you. He will stand for you. The threats don't count, says the Spirit of God. That word is for somebody here. Be encouraged in the Lord. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Thank you, Holy Spirit of God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hello, everybody. Welcome to yet another time of devotion with the Lord. Today is Monday, 22nd of March. 2021 and today's article says marked for victory and success and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season his leaf also shall not wither and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper psalm 1 and verse 3 <laughs> As a child of God, you're called to live 
each day of your life in glory, in victory over every situation. You are marked for success. The triumphant life is your birthright because God has raised you up and made you to sit together with Christ in heavenly places. Ephesians 2 and verse 6. You are far seated. You're seated far above the devil and the courts of darkness and the negative influences of this world. Have the mentality that you can't be defeated or disadvantaged. Nothing in this world can successfully stand against you. They may rise against you, but they would not be able to successfully stand against you. For greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. First John 4 and verse 4. You've been translated into the kingdom of God's dear son who leads you in the triumphal excursions of life. Wow. The triumphal excursions of life. What a life he's given us. Imagine what he tells us in our opening verse. The same truth is expressed in John 15 and verse 16 where he says, Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that ye should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever ye shall act of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. Jesus brought us into a life of power, fruitfulness and productivity. You've been chosen to bring forth lasting results. This means he has made you efficient and effective. <laughs> he has made you efficient and effective. Don't let the threats count. The threat from your boss to ensure that you lose your job, don't let it count. You are not only ineffective as they have accused you as. Today's rhapsody is reminding you, he has made you efficient and effective. It's one of the beautiful results of having the Holy Spirit in your life. Acts 1.8 Amplified Classic Translation says, but you shall receive power, ability, efficiency, and might when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. This is the mindset with which you must approach the things you do. There's increased grace for you. Say, I receive, dear Lord, I receive increased grace. The Lord is at work in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Philippians 2 and verse 13. He's your sufficiency, 2 Corinthians 3 and verse 5. You're able to do itness. Every so often declare that you are marked for success and victory. You produce excellent results. I declare that I am marked for success and victory. I produce excellent results. This is the life God has given you. It's a life of dominion where you triumph gloriously and honor him with your works and fruits of righteousness. Praise the Lord. Brothers and sisters, today's rhapsody is one of those rhapsodies that you might want to turn into a confession. 
and say to yourself. From the beginning of the devotional article till its end, too many things that describe you. We used to say that I am what God says I am. I have what God says I have. I can do what God says I can do. I am where God says I am. You see all of these confessions embedded into this article. I'm called to live each day of my life in glory, in victory over every situation. I am marked for success. The triumphant life is my birthright because God has raised me up to sit together with Christ in heavenly places. I am seated far above the devil and the cohorts of darkness and the negative influences of this world. I can never be defeated or disadvantaged. Nothing in this world can successfully stand against me. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I've been translated into the kingdom of God's dear son, where he leads me in the triumphal discussions of life. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I've been brought into a life of power, of fruitfulness, of productivity. I've been chosen to bring forth lasting results. I'm efficient, I'm effective because I have the Holy Spirit living in me. Oh, thank you. There's increased grace for me and I walk in the fullness of this grace. The Lord is at work in me both to will and to do of his good pleasure. He's my sufficiency. He's my able to do it next. I am marked for victory. I am marked for success. I produce excellent results. My life is a life of dominion where I triumph gloriously and I honor God with my works and fruits of righteousness. That's the article today in a confession. You know, every time we look in the world, we see who we are. You may read this article and feel like it doesn't really describe me, my life. My experience is the opposite. You are what God says you are. Keep your eyes on the word. Continue to see it. Continue to look into it. Continue to affirm what you see. There is certainly going to be a metamorphosis, a change. And this is the month of change for us. Today's Rhapsody is Rhapsody that you go through again and again and remind yourself of all that God has said concerning you. If your experience, if the situation at hand tells you otherwise, enforce this picture that you have seen and change the circumstances of your life. God bless you. Over to you, Sister Joy, for the, for the study and the Rhapsody Confession. God bless you. Thank you so much, Mark. I am who God says I am. Hallelujah. Good morning, everyone. Good afternoon. Good evening, depending on where you're connecting from. Thank you so much, esteemed Sister Maka, for this beautiful opportunity. I will be taking the further study. I'll be reading from Jeremiah 17, 78. Blessed is the man that trusted in the Lord and whose, whose hope the Lord is.
for it shall be as a tree planted by the waters and that spreadeth out our roots by the river and shall not see when heat cometh, but our leaves shall be green and shall not be careful in the year of drought, neither shall cease from yielding fruit. Praise God. Psalms 92 verse 12 to 14. The righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. It shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. Hallelujah. They shall, bring, they shall still bring forth fruit in old age. They shall be fat and flourishing. Amen. Praise God. Right now, we're going to be taking the confession together. Please don't unmute your mic. Just... Repeat after me wherever you are. It's on the screen. I am marked for success and victory. I produce excellent results. I'm chosen for a life of fruitfulness and ever-increasing productivity, bringing honor to Christ. Through my labor of love, and fruits of righteousness. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much, esteemed Sister Maka, for this beautiful opportunity. Right now, I'd like to hand over to Brother Zia for the New Year Bible reading. And the New, the new Testament reading of the One Year Bible Plan, I beg your pardon. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, everyone, for your time. Over to you, Brother Zia. Thank you so much, Sister Joy. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everyone. Depends on wherever you're connecting from. Thank you so much, Sister Maka, for this wonderful platform. Um, thank you, everyone, for being consistent with the daily Bible reading plan. Um, we're reading the New Testament today. We've been reading the message translation, and um, we're reading um, the book of Luke today, Luke chapter 4. And yesterday, we read from verse 1 to um 14 where jesus 1 to 13 where jesus was tempted today we're reading from verse 14 to 44 and the caption says to set the body free jesus returned to galilee powerful in the spirits news that he was back spread through the countryside he taught in their meeting places to everyone's acclaim and pleasure he came to nazareth where he had been read as he always did on the Sabbath, he went to the meeting place. When he stood up to read, he was, hand, he was handed the scroll of the prophet Isaiah. Unrolling the scroll, he found the place where it was written. God's spirit is on me. He's chosen me to preach the message of good news to the poor. Sent me to announce pardon to prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind. To set the burdened and the battered free to announce this is God's year to act. He rolled up the scroll, handed it back to the assistant and sat down. Every eye in the place was on him, intent. Then he started in. You have just heard scripture make history. It came true just now in this place. All who were there, watching and listening were surprised at how well he spoke but he also said isn't this joseph's son the one we have known since he was a youngster he answered 
I suppose you are going to quote the proverb, doctor, go heal yourself. Do here in your hometown what we have had you did in Capernaum. Well, let me tell you something. No prophet is ever welcomed in his hometown. Isn't it the fact that there were many widows in Israel at the time of Elijah during that three and a half year of drought when famine devastated the land? But the only widow to whom Elijah was sent was in Syrafax, in Sidon. And there, and there were many leopards in Israel at the time of prophet Elisha, but the only one cleansed was Naaman the Syrian. That set everyone in the meeting place sitting with anger. They threw him out, banishing him from the village, then took him to a mountain cliff at the edge of the village to throw him to his doom. But he gave them the sleep and was on his way. Guys are very. <laughs> he went down in Capernaum. He went down to Capernaum, a village in Galilee. He was teaching the people on the Sabbath. They were surprised and impressed. His teaching was so forthright, so confident, so authoritative, not the quibbling and quoting they were used to. In the meeting place that day, there was a man demonically disturbed. He screamed, Oh! What business do you have here with us, Jesus? Nazarene, I know what you are up to. You are the one of God. You are the holy one of God. And you have come to destroy us. Jesus shut him up. Quiet. Get out of him. The demonic spirit threw the man down in front of them all and left. The demon didn't hurt him. That set everyone back on their heels whispering and wondering, what's going on here? Someone whose words make things happen. Someone who orders demonic spirits to get out and they go. Jesus was the talk of the town. The caption, he healed them all. He left the meeting place and went to Simon's house. Simon's mother-in-law was running a high fever and they asked him to do something for her. He stood over her, told the fever to leave, and it left. Before they knew it, she was getting dinner for them. When the sun, when the sun went down, everyone who had anyone sick with some ailment or other brought them to him. One by one, he placed his hands on them and healed them. Demons left in droves, screaming, Son of God, you are the Son of God but he shut them up, refusing to let them speak because they knew too much, knew him to be the Messiah. He left the next day for open country, but the crowds went looking and when they found him, clung to him so he couldn't go on. He told them, don't you realize that there are yet other villages where I have to tell the message of God's kingdom, that, it's, that this is the work God sent me to do? Meanwhile, he continued preaching in the meeting places of Galilee. And may the word of God bless, shine in our hearts today in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for this wonderful opportunity. I'll be handing over to Brother John, who will take us through the Old Testament Bible reading plan. Thank you, everyone. Have a blessed day. Thank you very much, Brother Z. <laughs> that was beautiful.
Good one greetings, everyone, and welcome to the Old Testament segment of the one-year Bible reading plan. As I've always been doing, we are reading the message translation. And um I'm sharing my screen now so we can we have three chapters to to read today. Deuteronomy 22 to 24. Praise the Lord. So before I go and I would just like to say a big thank you to the esteemed Amarak for this beautiful opportunity granted me on a daily basis to do this. Thank you very much, man. So Deuteronomy 22, we continue with the ordinances that Moses has been giving the children of Israel. From verse 1, if you see your kingsman's ox or sheep wandering off loose, don't look the other way as if you didn't see it. Return it promptly. If your fellow Israelite is not close by or you don't know who, whose it is, Take the animal home with you and take care of it until your fellow asks about it. Then return it to him. Do the same if, it, if it's his donkey or a piece of clothing or anything else your fellow Israelite loses. Don't look the other way as if you didn't see it. If you see your fellow's donkey or ox injured along the road, don't look the other way. Help him get it up and on its way. A woman was not wear a man's clothing, nor a man wear woman's clothing. This kind of thing is an abomination to God, your God. Okay, this is the scripture where a lot of religious people had serious issues with over the years. But we thank God that light has come. Praise God. So verse 6, when you come across a bird's nest, alongside the road, whether in a tree or on the ground, and, and the mother is sitting on the young or on the eggs, don't take the mother with the young. You may take the babies or let the mother go so that you will live a good and long life. Verse hmm. eight, when you build a new house, make a parapet around the roof to make it safe so that someone doesn't fall off and die and your family become responsible for the death. Don't plant two kinds of seed in your vineyard. If you do, you will forfeit what you've sown. Total production of the vineyard. Don't plow with an ox and a donkey yoked together. Don't wear clothes of mixed fabrics, wool and linen together. Make tassels on the four corners of the cloak you use to cover yourself. If a man marries a woman, sleeps with her, and then turns on her, calling her loose, giving her a bad name, saying, I married this woman, but when I slept with her, I discovered she wasn't a virgin. And the father and mother of the girl are to take her with the proof of her, of her virginity to the town leaders at the gates. Father is to tell the leaders, I gave my daughter to this man as a wife. And he turned on her, rejecting her. And now he has slanderously accused her, claiming that she wasn't a virgin. But look at this. Here is a proof of my daughter's virginity. And then he is to spread out 
her blood-stained wedding garments before the leaders of their examination, for their examination. The town leaders then had to take the husband, whip him, find him a hundred pieces of silver and give it to the father of the girl. The man gave a virgin girl of Israel a bad name. He has to keep her as his wife and can never divorce her. <laughs> Verse 20. But if it turns out that the accusation is true and there is no evidence of the girl's virginity, the men of the town are to take her to the door of, the, of her father's house and stone her to death. She acted disgracefully in Israel. She lived like a whore while still in her parents' home. Purge the evil from among you. If a man is found sleeping with another man's wife, both must die. Purge that evil from Israel. If a man comes from upon a virgin in town, or if a man comes upon a virgin in town, a girl who is engaged to another man and sleeps with her, take both of them to the town gate and stone them until they die. The girl, because she didn't yell out for help in the town, and the man, because he raped her, violating the fiancé of his neighbor, you must purge the evil from among you. But if it was out in the country that the man found the engaged girl, grabbed her, and raped her, only the man is to die, the man who raped her. Don't do anything to the girl. She did nothing wrong. This is similar to the case of a man who comes across his neighbor out in the country and murders him. When the engaged girl yelled out for help, there was no one around to hear or help her. When a man comes upon a virgin who has never been engaged and grabs and rapes her, and they have found out the man who raped her has to give her father 50 pieces of silver, has to marry her because he took advantage of her and he can never divorce her. A man may not marry his father's ex-wife. That will violate his father's rights. We now move to chapter 23. We continue. From verse 1, it says, No Enoch is to enter the congregation of God. No bastard is to enter the congregation of God, even to the 10th generation, nor any of his children. No Ammonite or Moabite is to enter the congregation of God, even to the 10th generation. Nor any of his children ever. Those nations didn't treat you with hospitality on your travels out of Egypt. And on top of that, they also hired Balaam, son of Deor, from Pethel in Mesopotamia to curse you. God, your God, refused to listen to Balaam, but turned the curse into a blessing. How God, your God, loves you. Don't even try to get along with them or do anything for them ever. But don't spawn an Edomite, he's your king. And don't spawn an Egyptian, you are a foreigner in this land. Children born to Edomites and Egyptians may enter the congregation of God in the third generation. Verse 9, when you are camped out at war with your enemies, be careful to keep yourself from anything ritually defiling. If one of your men has become ritually unclean because of a nocturnal emission, he must go outside the camp and stay there until evening when he can wash himself returning to the camp at sunset. Verse 12, mark out an area outside the camp 
where you can go to relieve yourself along with your weapons. Have a stick with you. After you relieve yourself, dig a hole with the stick and cover your excrement. God, your God, throws through your camp. He presents his presence to deliver you and give you victory over your enemies. Keep your camp holy. Don't permit anything indecent or offensive in God's eyes. Don't return and run away slave to his master. He has come to you for refuge. Let him leave wherever he wishes within the protective gates of your city. Don't take advantage of him. No daughter of Israel is to become a sacred prostitute. And no son of Israel is to become a sacred prostitute. And don't bring the fee of a sacred hope or the earnings of a priest's people to the house of God, your God, to pay for any vow. They are both an abomination to God, your God. Don't charge interest to your king's men on any loan, not, not for money or food or clothing or anything else that would earn interest. You may charge foreigners, foreigners interest, but you may not charge your brother's interest. That way, God, your God, will bless all the work that you take up and the land that you are entering to possess. Very instructive. Verse 21. When you make a vow to your God, your God, don't put off keeping it. God, your God, expects you to keep it. And if you don't, you are guilty. But if you don't make a vow in the first place, there is no sin. If you say you are going to do something, do it. Keep the vow you willingly vow to God. Your God. You, you promised it, so do it. When you enter your neighbor's vineyard, you may eat all the grapes you want until you are full. Or you may not put any in your bucket or bag. And when you walk through the ripe grain of your neighbor, you may pick the heads of grain, but you may not swing the sickle there. Praise the Lord. Continue with verse uh, chapter 24, where I hand over to the esteemed Amara to take us through that. Thank you so much, Brother John. Um, thank you also, Brother Jose. As we read through Deuteronomy, it appears to me that it's a book that is filled with God's instructions concerning our relationship with one another. You know, um, this is already chapter 24, and we're still seeing God address issues pertaining to how we treat one another. In the previous chapter, God was specific about certain things. He, he said something um, when he was saying that the Ammonites or the Moabites shouldn't enter the congregation of God. Then he said, why? He said, those nations didn't treat you with hospitality on your travels out of Egypt. And on top of that, they also hired Balaam, son of Burr, from Perthor in Mesopotamia to curse you. He said, don't even try to get along with them or do anything for them. You know, 
God is trying to tell us that treating one another with hospitality is important. How you make other people feel. You know, the, 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 there's something that a lot of people do. It's, it's actually witchcraft. Where, because you have a disagreement with one person, you, have to, you are ensuring that everyone who has a relationship with you has a disagreement with them, with the person. You are just acting like the person that God just spoke about. It was, not in, it was already enough that Balak had an issue with the children of Israel. But no, he was going to get a prophet to curse them. We don't know how many more other kings. That means in his relationship with other kings, he would have provoked them against the children of Israel. So he probably took advantage of every opportunity to speak against them, to make people resent them, to make people hate them. Are you like that? You have a disagreement with sister or with a brother and you will not fail to tell everybody about it just so that they can resent them, just so that they can, you can transfer the annoyance that you have, the aggression that you have to the next person. And if you are here and you are in the business of inheriting other people's enemies, stop it. That your friend has an issue with somebody else doesn't mean you should have an issue with the person. It's something I see very common, especially amongst ladies. You know, we talked about learning to kill a gossip and be that one where a matter is settled when it comes to you. No matter, no matter the offense of the person, Oh, of course, like I said, there are cases where God tells you, oh, cut off this person. Stay away. You won't stop loving the person. You won't stop relating with the person. But there is a restriction that God puts on the relationship. And you have the Holy Spirit, so you would know because you are led by him. But God is interested in how we treat people. He was talking about the foreigner who is passing through a city and he's saying that, remember what Balak did to you? You needed to just pass through his town. He didn't allow you, rather he got a prophet to curse you. He said, don't be like that. We live in a world that has become really evil and helping strangers seem to have become a difficult thing. And I remember when my pastor was addressing this issue, he said, never stop being you, never stop showing kindness, never stop being gracious towards others, including strangers. See, you have the Holy Spirit. You know, the other day I was talking about the message anticipating evil, which I sent out. If you are not supposed to help the person, you will know in your spirit, the spirit of the Lord will beckon you. He will tell you, no, don't worry about this one. Do this for the person or let the person go. If there's one thing we must all do this period, review how we treat one another, review how you handle matters. When there is an issue between two sisters or a brother or a sister or two brothers, be a mediator, 
Don't be the one that put foils in the fire. Don't be that one that put foil in the fire. Be the one that settles the matter. Be the one that kills the gossip. I heard that. They, did, you, did you hear what, what, what they've been saying about this person? Where did you hear it? Who are the they? This day, 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 day. They said, they said, that's all a gossip spreads. Deuteronomy 24, if a man marries a woman and then it happens that he no longer likes her because he has found something wrong with her, he may give her divorce papers, put them in her hand and send her off. After she leaves, if she becomes another man's wife and he also comes to hate her, and this second husband also gives her divorce papers, put them in her hand and sends her off. Or if he should die, then the first husband who divorced her can't marry her again. She has made herself ritually unclean and her remarriage will be an abomination in the presence of God and the fatherland with sin. This land that God, your God, is giving you as an inheritance. When a man takes a new wife, he is not to go out with the army or be given any business or work duties. He gets one year off simply to be at home making his wife happy. Don't seize a hand mill or an upper millstone as collateral for a loan. You'll be seizing someone's very life. I remember that in the, in the previous chapter, he was talking about not collecting interest on a loan. Somebody comes to meet you and say, please, I need $500. You see, if, I, if, if, you, if I've given you $500, when you're returning my money in one month's time, you're giving me $600. Go and read Deuteronomy 23. And this person is your brother in church, or this person is even your sibling at home. Go and read Deuteronomy 23 and see what the Lord says. Verse 6, verse 7 rather. If a man is caught kidnapping one of his kinsmen, someone of the people of Israel, to enslave or sell him, the kidnapper must die. Purge that evil from among you. Warning, if a serious skin disease breaks out, follow exactly the rules set down by the Levitical priests. Follow them precisely as I commanded them. Don't forget what your God, what God your God did to Mariam on your way out of Egypt. When you make a loan of any kind to your neighbor, don't enter his house to claim his pledge. Wait outside. Let the man to whom you made the pledge bring the pledge to you outside. And if he is destitute, don't use his cloak as a bedroll. Return it to him at nightfall so that he can sleep in his cloak and bless you. In the sight of God, your God, that will be viewed as a righteous act. Are you seeing how God thinks? He says, give the person an opportunity that is even owing you. Give the person an opportunity to, to think about you and say, God, bless him. I don't deserve this kindness she's showing me. I don't deserve this, this graciousness, this favor, this, the way this person is treating me. I don't deserve it. I'm even owing her. I'm even owing him. Please bless brother, brother Bryant. Please bless sister blessing. Chapter four, um, verse 14, don't abuse a laborer who is destitute and needy, whether he's a fellow Israelite or a foreigner living in your land and in your city. Pay him at the end of each workday. He's living from hand to mouth and needs it now. If you hold back his pay, he'll protest to God and you have sin. 
on your books. Parents, you are here, you, you have employees. That, that part, that, this last two verses is for you. Don't owe them. Don't specialize in owing people. Don't specialize in owing salaries. Pay. You find people, they are saving. They say they want to invest back into the business. Saving at the expense of the people who are working to make the business prosper. Verse 16, parents shall not be put to death for their children or children for their parents. Each person shall be put to death for his own sin. Make sure foreigners and orphans get their just right. Don't take the cloak of a widow as security for a loan. Don't ever forget that you were once slaves in Egypt and God, your God, got you out of there. I command you, do what I'm telling you. When you harvest your grain and forget a sheep back in the field, don't go back and get it. Leave it for the foreigner, the orphan, and the widow so that God, your God, will bless you in all your work. When you shake the olives off your trees, don't go back over the branches and strip them bare. What's left is for the foreigner, the orphan, and the widow. And when you cut the grapes in your vineyard, don't take every last grape. Leave a few for the foreigner, the orphan, and the widow. Don't ever forget that you were a slave in Egypt. I command you, do what I am telling you. We see often God's um, um, passion concerning orphans and widows. And I, I want to say this, maybe it can be on your birthday this year, or maybe on a special occasion, or it does not have to be an occasion at all. Do something for an orphan or a widow, the least one that is around you. You don't need to go far to an orphanage home or a home for elderly people. Look around you, there are widows. You probably has, have a neighbor who has lost her husband, who lost her husband last year or even this year. Visit them, find out how they are doing, find out how the kids are faring, find out what you can do. Maybe it's a, it's a, it's a scholarship that you can give to one of the children. Do you know that when I was in teens ministry, we used to, you know, um, help young people go to school, write their exams, and then get into school, pay their school fees and all of that. And I found that it's not so expensive to sponsor a young person in school. It is not. I don't know what the fees are right now. But I remember that back then in, in the early, in the early um, 2010, 2011, 2012, it doesn't even cost a hundred thousand naira in naira, and this is this is like less than um, two fifty dollars. It doesn't cost up to that to fund a, a a young person's school fees for the whole year because they pay once. It doesn't cost up to a hundred thousand, including their books. So sometimes you, it might amaze you that what you need to do for that guy, what you need to do for that young girl. You wouldn't need to break a bank. Some of you can take a hundred thousand and just spend it for a weekend. Imagine that that thing, what it means to a young person going to school, an orphan who has no one to take care of them. Find at least one orphan or one widow to do something for them and ensure you do it this year. There is such a thing as provoking God to intervene on your behalf provoking his attention towards you. When a widow prays for you, 
when an orphan prays for you, when a foreigner prays for you, when you do things for people who, have, who will never be able to repay you, when they open their mouth to pray for you, it's never the same. It's never the same. I hand over to Brother Martins for the Pauline affirmation. Thank you so much. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much, Sister Maka, for that great exhortation. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everybody, depending on where you're connected from. We are taking our affirmation this morning. And we start our affirmation by taking our name. My name is, you say your name. I have a spirit of wisdom. Knowledge of Christ. The second paragraph, I'm granted according to the riches of the glory of Christ. I'll kindly ask everyone to omission at the count of three. Please kindly omit your mics right now. One, two. Who is sharing the affirmation on the screen? The affirmation is not on the screen. Who is sharing it? It's always uh, I can do that now. Okay. Please let me know when you sit. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. 
in the knowledge of God, I am strengthened with all might and subscribe all patience and lots of with joyfulness. I continually die at the Lord, continually give to the Father who confided me to be a Hallelujah. We will now take the communion. Please get your bread and wine ready. And I'm reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23. For I receive of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take it, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. Father, we thank you for your word that we have received today. Every day, every day, we look into the mirror of your word. We see who we are. We see who you've made us because every time we see your nature, we see your character, we see the expressions of your personality. We hear your words, the instructions that you give your children. We are reminded that we were made in your image because that was why Christ died. He died, he was buried, he resurrected, he ascended, and he was glorified, making us one with you. Therefore, we see that the compassion of your spirit is at work in us. The kindness, the graciousness that you exhibit is same in our hearts. Therefore, we declare that we are gracious and kind in all our ways, in all our ways. In the name of the Lord Jesus, as we break this bread, we affirm that we are all that you say that we are in the mighty name of our Lord Jesus Christ, amen. Please break the bread and eat it. Verse 25, after the same manner also he took the cup when he had stopped saying, this cup is a new testament in my blood. These do years after you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you just should a Lord's death till he come. Father, thank you. This cup this morning, is speaking graciousness, is speaking kindness, is speaking wisdom. Yes, Lord, there are those you are putting our path that we should help who are able to identify them. And Lord, you do not ask us to do certain things that you have not empowered us to do. That is why I know that in this new level, there's a new wave of prosperity that is coming for those who will give their heart to attend to an orphan, to attend to a widow, to do, go out of their way and do something for people who may not be able to repay them. Maybe it's a security man at the gate. Maybe it's the office assistant at work. Maybe it's the house help in the house. Whoever that we set our hearts in this season to empower, to help, thank you, O oh God, because the blessings are endless and limitless and the resources are surplus. We give you praise in the mighty name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Please take the call. Thank you so much, esteemed co-host, and thank you, 
everybody for the opportunity to pray with you, to fellowship with you, to study the word with you, and to be inspired by the word. We meet again tomorrow, same time, and on this platform. Let us unmute as we share the benediction. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, us now and forever. Amen. Surely, Jesus and mercy is with us all the days of our lives. Enjoy the rest of your day, everybody. Bye, everyone. Thank you, Ma. Thank you, Ma. Thank you, baby. I <laughs> <laughs>